When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we're live and welcome inside Hour 2 of Canada's favorite daytime sports talk show. And I think eventually North America's and then the world's. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio. Of course, streaming Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. And uh, Moose, are you on the screen? I can't tell right now with our setup here. Let's bring in the Moose. He's in the Toronto studio. I'm in the rainy South Florida studio, and I think we're going to have fun this hour. I just want to catch up with you because I feel like I talk too much. Uh, <laughs> we had that NHL scout talk about another show who said like, the host talks too much. Wasn't ours, but I'm like, oh, I don't want it that. So I need you to I need to give you the opportunity to get all your thoughts out, Moose, before I take over here. What do you got? Yeah, What's on your you mind? Know, I don't know. Like, uh, going back to the Naylor interview, which was great, you know, and I was saying to you in the commercial break, uh, with just the two of us that like, we're going through that. And I'm wondering, do we got to cut the interview? Do we got to cut them? Do we got to cut them off? Because it was choppy. Uh, yeah, it was choppy, but the audio would stay on just enough. Right. And he would come back in and he always has such good things to say because he's down there and at, at great cup. And, um, the the Montreal Alouette thing is easy, is interesting because you mentioned Cody's been there. You mentioned you know Jason Moss has been there. The tour guide side of it, and he doesn't think that they're just there to have a good time and just happy to be there. So I don't know. It's kind of making me more and more interested in this game. And you look at the pressure that was on Toronto last week. You know, sixteen and two, and then they lost. Is it similar to Winnipeg? Yeah, they've been to four straight, but it's a big difference between winning three or four. And winning the first two and losing the second two. I think that's a big difference in what kind of legacy you leave. So it's our highest watched week of the year for ratings here on the RP show because of Grey Cup week. And it's interesting. I just want to bring up a couple other topics here in a second. Um, I don't know what it would take for the interest to be up all year. You heard me saying near the end of last hour that in the NFL, Every week is a great cup. I noticed that a long time ago. And when I first went to Tampa Bay in 2012, hosting a sports trip, I'm like, it's a damn game here. First week of December. And there's a parade and bands outside the stadium and a fly. <laughs> Every week is great cup in the NFL. And uh, with the national television interviews that Darren and I are doing and the, co- the coverage, I, why can't we have this all, all year? I don't know. But, it's this week. It is what it is. The country has perked up. I want to tell you a funny thing. You mentioned earlier Naylor's interview being choppy. It is what it is. Like, I did an interview. I didn't tell you this. Last night, this is kind of funny, on the Puck and Pigskin podcast with Jason from Red Deer. And I was out here. You now know our home configuration. I'm out here on the line A, 
Floridians call it the lanai, screened-in porch. Serena's in the house. She's got strong like bull internet. And mine, for whatever reason, is very choppy. He was interviewing the two of us. Because everybody wants to get her on. They want her opinion. And which is fine. But we've started this hockey show that we do, which we're taping later on today, where the former Oilers coach is going to be with us on the show. And um, this is what I figured out. It's to, I'm a slow learner. And anybody that knows me well since childhood will agree. Rod's a slow learner. Yep. For the last two years, I've been trying to meld Florida topics with Canadian topics into the RP show. And while it was okay, our list, our viewership and listenership is still strong. I'm like, yeah, it's not quite working. So let's just start a Florida NHL show. And then the RP show will just stay Canadian sports topic. And I won't be jamming college football down your throat and Panthers and lightning. Right. And on that other show, I won't be talking CFL and flames and Oilers and all the stuff that we talk about here. And it's worked great. Ratings have gone up. Why didn't I do this two years ago? I don't know. But at least I finally did, Moose. And uh, here we are. So anyways, but she's got the very strong opinions. That's the way that she is. I literally have people writing me going, I can't wait for this week's podcast. Because she's going to go after Matthew Kachuk for going after Connor Bedard. And the reason I thought about this was somebody was writing in here about Bedard earlier. And I don't know what. I got lost in the shuffle of all the things that we're talking about here. Nah, okay, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Then I'm going to get back to our poll question today, which is who will have more passing yards in the Grey Cup? Caleros or Bedard? <laughs> Caleros or Fajardo? There was a D in there somewhere. Jay in Winnipeg writes in and he says, if they were picking Team Canada today, I'm assuming you're talking about the Olympics, Jay, would Bedard be on the squad? Because because if you were talking about the World Hockey Championships, which Chicago's going to miss the playoffs, then Bedard, I'll guarantee you, will be on it. But the Olympics, top 12 forwards in Canada, I could be convinced why you wouldn't. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say yes. But what do you think, Darren? Do I think he'll be on the Olympic team? Um it's so hard to say. I have to say yes. I mean, how do you mm-hmm. keep him off of it? He's, you know, putting up the numbers already in his first year, and they're going to start to look ahead to what this team's going to look like. I don't know. I I can't see an Olympic team with him not on it. I think he's just going to continue to force himself on it, and he's going to be on it for a long time. I'm trying to think. Was there an Olympics um, that Crosby or McDavid no. were eligible for that they never were on. No, they were on all those teams. So I, I can't see it being any different. Oh, just I'm thinking, oh, two Olympics, Salt Lake City, which was what you said your favorite, all your NHL stars were on that. Sid didn't get drafted to like 0405. That's right. So he didn't have an opportunity. So that's me allowing other non-CFL-related topics today because that's what we do on the RP show. But uh, I want to get back to the football talk and because that's what we do. That's why they came here today. And I'll get to as many as your comments and questions as I can. Stephen in North Dakota writes in. He says, greetings and no hallucinations. Great Cup week approved. Montreal over Winnipeg in overtime. He's picking the upset. Stephen from North Dakota. The poll question today where I want you to flex your gaming fantasy muscle on Moose more. You got far more knowledge on this than I do. 
And the poll question is brought to you every day by Key Yorkton Kia. The all-new 2024 Kia Sportage reimagines innovation in motion. It pushes the boundaries of urban SUV design and technology with refinement and purpose. Go to keyyorktonkia.com for more information. The 2024 Kia Sportage movement that inspires. Who will have more passing yards in the 110th Grey Cup? Winnipeg's Zach Caleros or Montreal's Cody Fajardo? The reason I want to defer to you is a fantasy expert, which I'm not sure you would call yourself that, but you know more about it than me. Tory Gurley is a fantasy expert. And what does he say? When teams get behind, they start throwing the ball. It escalates the yards. So don't necessarily pick the winning quarterback to say who's going to have more yards. That's right. It's not just cut and dry or a slam dunk in that sense. Yeah. But, you know, it's if you're looking just head to head like this and, and you have a prop bet that just allows you to say who's going to have more passing yards, the smart money would be on on Zach Caleros for sure. Um, I, I think that's probably where you put where you put it. Um, Montreal does ride their defense quite a bit and Cody does a really good job kind of managing the game and, and doing enough to make sure that they're, you know, in contention down the stretch. But in terms of just pure stats, it's probably going to be Zach. Um, be curious to see when we get towards the end of the week, what each, what each quarterback's passing yards is on the over under that might be a little more interesting too. Yeah. Jeff, the Stams fan writes in and says, I think both will be around 200. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at what even they had last week. Um, Jeff in Regina. Are you in Regina, Jeff Gordon? He says, that's why I would say Cody will have more passing yards. Bombers will likely rely heavily on the run game. Regarding to what happens after this Grey Cup, no matter who wins, does Winnipeg start to fall? Uh, John Ohm says, the Bombers are not going to disappear next year because of age and changes they have built and will remain a winning culture. As a hardcore Ryder fan, I'm green with envy. Go CFL, go! Uh, and Ryan from upstate New York writes, then he says, I still have nightmares of Sidney Crosby scoring on Ryan Miller in the 2010 Olympics after Zach Parisi tied the score to force overtime. Uh, well, ne- deal with it. We talked about PTSD recovery yesterday. Deal with it, Ryan. So we can uh, move on and sleep well and not have nightmares over these things. Um, Winnipeg is going to be good for a long time as long as they have Mike O'Shea leading the charge. And they say Kyle Walter, I read, is going to be back as the general manager. I have to pause the streaming thoughts uh, comments for a minute because I do have thoughts. But just on the rider thing, John Ohm said that he is uh, jealous of Winnipeg. Well, you did have it. I hope you enjoyed it in the decade of decadence. But Jim Hobson, I, I want to go back to, <laughs> okay, Jeff Gordon says, I li- he lives in York, but saying Regina is close enough. 111 Eastern, 1111 Mountain. I know we don't have the sound effect here. Darren, let's do it together. Ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> ah. Nice work. Approved. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, Sean Simpson has inspired me to have this type of commentary on this show. The guy last hour, Brian and Hudson Bay wrote in and said, this isn't a big deal for Jason Moss. He was leaving Regina. He was leaving the Rough Riders last year anyways to take over Montreal. So he doesn't have any motivation. 
And I'm like, no, if you knew, which we all knew, he was going to leave at the end of the year because his contract was up. Why did the Rough Riders have to make a big deal that he was fired? Why would you do that? Rather than to just make somebody look bad, I guess make yourself look good. And the biggest gallon pail full of karma is being crammed down their throat right now, man, for doing these types of things. Just asshole things. Man, you don't operate that way. So that that that's the underlying current that's so very clear to me and all the football people that I don't understand that the public doesn't see unless Darren I guess they just you know, they just they don't see it that way. But the point is we all knew it. You knew it Brian in Hudson Bay. Why do I got to point it out to you? So that don't think that Jason Moss is not motivated here. You're not thinking about it now. You don't think about these things as you're going about it. You're just trying to be a winner and do the right things and treat people well. Cody Fajardo, same thing. That's why good always wins. When you, what are they? There's an old song by George Strait. Every time you throw dirt, you lose a little ground. And this John Ohm sitting here saying he feels jealous of Winnipeg. Well, we had that and threw it away. Troy in Toronto says, I just lifted my head to look at my computer screen and noticed the bet regal betting line ticker. Great idea. Well, it's been going for a while. That was Moose's idea. And thank you for pointing it out. While we have the attention of Ryder fans right now, how do you feel about John Ryan, the Super Bowl winning punter with the Seattle Seahawks and former Rough Riders and Blue Bombers player throwing his hat in the ring saying, I'm serious, I want to coach the team. Nobody knows more about football than me, nor loves Saskatchewan more than me. How do you feel about that? Well, on on the one hand, you know, I put on two hats. My fan hat says, this is exciting. Let's put John Ryan as the head coach. I'd be excited about that. Who wouldn't want to play for him? You know, he's had success in the Canadian Football League. It it, it spawned a a really great NFL career, Uh, you know, one of the greatest, uh, you know, punters and Super Bowl champion in Seattle. He's a legend down there. So I think there's a lot of upside, but you put on the analyst hat and you say, it's a first time coach who hasn't coached, you know, before. And that's always a question mark because it is different. You know, when you have all the responsibility and you're trying to manage this team coming back. And if I'm Jeremy O'Day, who, yeah, just got a new contract, but you're kind of, you know, you you know there's heat in the kitchen, and if you're Craig Reynolds, you feel a little bit of the heat that's coming, and that's that's everybody knows that. So, do you want to attach yourself to a first time coach, even if you have the great name in John Ryan, who's big in the community, who will be very favorable with fans from a PR perspective? Yeah, everybody would be happy with you for a while, and so that would that would die the heat down, and so there's a chance because of that that they would go down this road, but. At the end of the day, what are you going to be looking at this time next year in terms of a season when you're looking at a first-time coach? I just don't know. Well, they're not going to hire John Ryan as much as I love Johnny. But I go back to what um, Dave Poulin said on NHL radio the other day. Like, who knows? Martin St. Louis was coaching midget (laughs) when the Montreal Canadiens hired him. Good point. (laughs) Like, really? And that's the one thing. And I will say this, and I cannot, I say it with every cell in my body. 
you can't predict who the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will hire because this regime has shown has a history, as evidenced by their track record, of not knowing what they're doing. So what they should do and what you think they will do very rarely is what they do do. So you can't even handicap who the candidates are. Any idea? Do I need to point out showing Cody Fajardo to the door, lighting him on fire on the way out? Moz too. Now Craig Dickinson, who was coach of the year in the conference. Fingers. What did they say this morning on Get Up? It was the one thing I was paying attention to. One of the analysts said, with all the guys that you fire, coaches you fire, assistant players, assistant coaches, then hey, eventually you run out of people to blame. Boom. And the question is, how long is that going to take in Ryderville until you get to the core of it? Because people are just getting thrown in front of the bullets. Right? Uh, Kirk in Toronto, which I will also say that Kirk says, hi, Rod, writes in. He says, the replay of the 2013 Grey Cup for Magina is on TSN. As you go to where? Why are you telling me what's on another television channel, Kirk? That's what I want to know. Right. But whatever. And I was roaming around the house thinking about this. This is the guy, Kirk, and I'm going to give him credit, that was so worried about the Argos clinching too soon. Remember that? And all I could, and he was right. Dag nabbit, he was right. And if I had more time with Naylor, I would have asked him about that. So, hey, Kirk, you were all your worrying paid off. What's he won, Bob? All I'm saying is our worrying has no effect on these, particularly sports results. We got a lot to get to, Moose. We've barely got to anything, I feel like. We'll be back in a moment. Hour two of our Great Cup coverage on the Wednesday Returns after this on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back on episode number 1,121 of the RP Show. And we continue to be live on Game Plus Television. That's live. We're here live. We're not running replays like some other networks. And on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE, and a podcast and streaming. And I wanted to point this out where we will, um, we have a lot of things to point out. Four games in the NHL. We'll get back to the football focus in a second, but I want to just point this out tonight. Philadelphia, Carolina, Seattle at Edmonton, Anaheim at Colorado, and the Islanders at Vancouver and Bo Horvat's return. Rematch of the 1982 Stanley Cup final and Bo Horvat's return, as I said. So I'm interested. I Not yet have I gone and looked at our Instagram poll. And please do me a favor. We really don't ask you to do much, but go to our social media channels like Instagram and follow at the Rod Peterson show. Give us a follow. Vote on our polls. 
My guess is because of our regional demographics that the Oilers Kraken game will be leading as the game of the night. But it really is Islanders at Vancouver. And I'm hoping and I think it'll be a classy uh, return, classy uh, ovation and reception for Bo Horvat tonight in Vancouver. But he did say some damning things after leaving last year. So we'll see. NBA Raptors home to Milwaukee. College football tonight. The Buffalo Bulls visit Miami, Ohio. And Central Michigan is at Ohio. So if you want to watch Curtis Rourke play tonight, he'll be on the tube with the Ohio Bobcats. And in the dub, we got to mention it, God's team. The Regina Pats are home tonight to the Edmonton Oil Kings. Tri-City is at Wenatchee. Vancouver at Prince George and PA at Everett. And, okay, just updating the poll for Key Auto Group. The poll question is today, who will have more passing yards in the 110th Grey Cup? Cody Fajardo of Montreal or Zach Caleros of Winnipeg. 74% of you on Twitter saying Zach Caleros will have more passing yards in the Grey Cup. And to, to the text line. Are you on the screen, Moose? I can't tell. Let's bring you. Can, we, can I put you on? And that hair? Bomber yeah, bring, boy. Bring me in. Bomber boy writes in from Calgary and says Cody Fajardo is 0 and 9 versus Zach Calero's career. Will this be the time Fajardo comes out on top? Stop the bus. The CFL sent out the Grey Cup game notes like last night, I think. I don't know if you're on the email that the stats email. This is from when I worked in the league. And the great people at the CFL have left me on it, even though I don't work in the league anymore. And I haven't gone into them yet. I've looked at them. I'm like, Ugh. it's like piece of cake on the edge of the counter. Ugh. I want to, but I'm saving it. Yeah, and I haven't read them yet. I'll probably read them Thursday night or Friday morning for football Friday, but I can't, man. It would be no too soon, too soon. But it's nuggets like that. That'll be full of. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Does it mean anything that Fajardo's 0-9 against Zach Caleros? Yeah, of course. I mean, not that, I don't know, like, I don't know if you asked Cody if he knew that stat, but maybe. No, probably not. You know, probably can't pick that out, but maybe he'd know that, man, he hasn't beaten Winnipeg in this long. It's been this many years. Like, maybe there's that. Um, I don't know, but there is something to it that, you know, Zach seems to have that matchup, but look at, let's not forget something. This isn't exclusive to the Montreal Alouettes and it's not exclusive to Cody Fajardo because newsflash Winnipeg beats a lot of teams, a lot of times over the last four <laughs> years, right? Yeah. There's a lot of teams and a lot of quarterbacks that have bad records against Zach Caleros. I get it. Cody is 0-9, 0-9. Okay. In the last nine games, if that stats correct. I haven't checked it, neither of you, but, um, but yeah, it's not exclusive to Cody. It's more indicative of how good Zach and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been the last four years. Well, here's what I think. It's fun. I, I, and I know not everybody sees this the same way. And I don't even know if you see it the same way with regards to analytics. They're, they, it, it's fun to fall down the rabbit hole. That would be an analytic. Like I go back to... The Panthers, I don't want to name him. I don't want to make him look bad. Because I don't think it's making him look bad, but some might take it this way. He's just so excited about the analytics. 
He's always got his iPad out showing me the analytics, right? And it was like when Vancouver was there, the Canucks, a couple weeks ago, and he was like, the Canucks lead the league in in dump-ins. Rod, 68% of the time, they dump the puck into the zone. I'm like, you could look at that a lot of ways, Darren. Like, If you're the goalie, you can, uh, if they're carrying the puck across center ice, you can already go in behind the net because 68% of the time, they're going to dump it in. So until they don't, you know what I mean? Like you cheat what? go behind the net and they put it right in the middle of the cage. Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. fun to read, but you can't run your life by it. Can't run your team by it. No. You know, you can't, but, and I mean, we see this in football and football is the way, you know, what we're taught, you know, what the great kept being here, you'll see, Hey, on first down, they run 70% of the time and it's great. And so, yeah, you can game plan to, stack guys in the box and try and stop the run early, you know, um, with Brady Oliveira and whatever else. But eventually, and you have no idea when it's coming, they're going to pull it down and play action and have a guy open down the scene. So you have to use your instincts to know when that's going to happen. Analytics doesn't account for instincts. So you have to kind of play that and understand, look at, yeah, 70% of the time they're going to run on first down. But, at some point, they're going to throw it. We need to be ready for that. Well, it's that whole thing. Um, you can't get a computer to write a book, although they're really trying. You can't get yeah. a computer to to write a story, which nowadays they actually do. But you got to check it for mistakes, right? Like yes. it's you can't totally rely on the computers, and I think the winners realize it. Jeff in Yorkton. Says the Bombers were Cody's Achilles while playing for the Riders. If he gets over that hump, great for him. John Ohm says, ask the Toronto Blue Jays about analytics. Failure. Um, yeah, a lot of baseball teams. Ask Kevin Cash. Back to, back to that Rider coaching thing. Chad. In Lethbridge says, I could see John Ryan starting in coaching as a special teams coordinator, but not a head coach. But you're right, Roddy. Who knows this regime doesn't know their ass from their elbow. Very hard to predict what they're going to do. But I did have a call from a football guy the other day because a lot of them have a lot of time on their hands right now. And we were talking about Henry Burris as a head coach. Now, this guy doesn't know Henry. Not like I know Henry known Henry very closely for 20 years. And he goes, well, he, he's like, I wouldn't hire Henry. And if I did, and this is a football guy and a coach, Darren, here in the States. But if I did, I would make sure that he had very veteran, older coordinators because Henry's just not old enough. You know, and as Henry said, it's not my fault I've been playing, having a Hall of Fame career for 20 years, right? Most of these coaches are coaching because they couldn't play. And I said to him, with all due respect, you don't know him. He's a winner. And winners win. I just have this much faith in Henry Burris that he would be a winning head coach. Maybe not right away, but he would figure it out. You know what I mean? And just with, with no, that, That's faith. That's the definition of faith. Believing with no proof oh. or evidence. You know? Do you think... Just from what you've seen of Henry, would you hire him as your head coach? I would. 
I still, and I, I agree with the advice of surround him with some veteran coaches to make him learn or to give him, you know, that cushion. Um, but that's every smart coach. Every smart coach is going to surround yourself with good people because at the end of the day, you're a manager of people. So if you're a head coach and you hire an offensive coordinator, the coordinator is coming up with that offensive game plan. You hire a defensive coordinator. They're coming up with the defensive game plan. You're going to have input, but you're there as you know the guy directing the culture of this team and getting everybody ready to go and making sure everybody's doing their jobs. And when you say faith, it's a you know great definition comes from a Kenny Chesney song. He said, "Faith believes what it can't see," right? And you know you have to believe in something that you know you can't see right in front of your face. Or with no track record of results, it's believing that somebody can get the job done. And, you know, Henry Burris can be a good fit, I think, for organizations because of the respect he has and the person that he is, first and foremost. Jeff, the Stamps fan, chiming in, he says, Stampeders fans' take on Henry Burris is very polarized. Newsflash, everybody's take on Henry Burris is very polarized. Everybody's take on Don Matthews is polarized. Everybody's take on me is polarized. Half the people love me. Half the people hate me. I get that all the time. I remember when I was interviewing with the Flames, Ken King. You heard his name a million times, Darren. (laughs) I'll never forget. At the end of a boardroom in the saddle room when I was interviewing to be the voice of the Flames and a job that I got for a week. Like, I I didn't get this guy, and I would never get this guy. But he said in the interview, he goes, you know, a lot of people love you, and a lot of people really effing hate you. I'm like, I don't care about any of them. So what? <laughs> like, why would you? Why would you say? Like, who? And you're not a narcissist either. You're not. But what was he trying to get at? Was he trying to make me uncomfortable? Because he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's just like you wonder why people say you know things like that. It's like, what do you like? Do you think I don't know? Or if I don't know, do you think I want to know? Like, I, I don't really know what you're trying to get at. I guess well, he thinks he's doing you a service to say, hey, look, just in case you're walking around with your head in the clouds, you should understand that some people don't like you. It's like, what? You know, well, I, didn't, I remember being called into the general manager's office at the radio station when I was the voice of the riders. And the manager said, 80% of the people around here la- absolutely love you. And 20% can't stand the sight of you and hate your guts and want you to fall on your face. I'm like, again, I don't care. I'm thinking about my show today. I don't care what they think. Maybe they should spend time worrying about their jobs and not as being as focused on me. But what do they say, Dan? Winners focus on winning. Losers Focus on winners. And that's the thing with Burris. He would figure it out. And well, see, yeah, this is not a topic for here. John Ohm uh, writes this is Henry Burris is head coach and Anthony Calvillo is offensive coordinator. Sure. And Big Bird is the old line coach and Snuffleupagus coaching the linebackers. Get real. Are you still on camera? I can't tell. No, but I am now. I took myself off the screen just before you read that. That should be the theme of the day. Write it down. You always said you forget this stuff. (laughs) Is Westwood ready? Uh, Not yet. We told him 135, so he'll be about a minute away. 
probably from logging in, but he's he got back to would me be this great. morning. Told you it would be great today, Darren. <laughs> no <laughs> lies in the offensive line, coach. And Snuffleupagus coached the linebackers. Is that what it was? Yeah. You better Google how to spell Snuffleupagus. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back. Pretty sure. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. All right, welcome back, everybody. The RP Show continues. It's our special Grey Cup week, and because of that, you all know now in year five of our show that we bring in all our best and closest CFL friends for it, and that includes Troy Westwood, Westy joining us from Winnipeg. And because we got chatting in the break, I didn't have time, Troy, to bring up your uh, Wikipedia. So off the top of my head, 17 years, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Am I right? South Dakota State grad? I think 18 wow. and Augustana College grad, but we're in the same <laughs> conference as South Dakota State. You're, you're sniffing on both of those fronts. Right not you're even right. close. Not I even thought close. I nailed it. I thought I nailed it. <laughs> Sorry, Troy. Okay. No Getting boring to you yet that your Bombers are in a fourth straight Grey Cup? No, 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 no. And it's so cool, man. Like, we, I was um, – just before the playoffs got going here this year, I was talking to some of the old boys just – and wondering, like, is this the greatest? Even with back in the, the Bud Grant, Kenny Plain days, like, this is knocking on the door of being truly the most prolific era of Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And should they go on to victory – on Sunday, there's a debate to be had. It's just beautiful to watch, especially with all those bums that existed from 91 to whatever the year was where they we they weren't able to go in the championship. And just to see like the response to the drought, there's a whole generation of bomber fans now that are like, drought? What drought? I, we don't even know that a drought existed. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. That is hard to believe. And actually, you would be the guy to put this question to because a lot of people have written in today from the audience and saying, Win or lose Sunday, is it still a dynasty for the Bombers? And my answer was, it's whatever you want it to be. But how would you answer that? Win or lose. I would say if they lose, I would give it a dynastic tag, right? The sort of on the doorstep of dynasty. If they win, unquestionably, when you're talking about three out of four years and losing in the final that that other year, without question, it's uh, for that for that pocket, a dynasty, unquestionably, if they win. So are they going to? What's your read on the game? My read on the game, Roddy, is I sat down uh, last week and saw it was 7 nothing for the Owls, and I giggled, going, okay, that's cute. Go about doing my chores around the house and things of that nature, come back, and it's 31-17, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I sat down and watched the end of that, and that – in my opinion, and I think most folks around here, that's that was a gift from God. Anybody watching the CFL knows dang well that's the case. And I think this group here under Mike O'Shea and the way the culture that they've got, where some teams might get a little bit fat and sassy, thinking, okay, you know, the Owls are the Argos were just more of a sort of a force. The Owls sneak in though. And then maybe they take them a little light and come in and get surprised, right? Shocked, uh, allow the Owls to go into victory. I don't think that's going to happen here with the Bombers, man. Not the kind of culture that O'Shea's got set up in that room and the way they're really able to focus 
with laser accuracy on on the opponent and what's at hand and sort of coupling that with their disappointing loss last year i think it's basically a bloodbath and the bombers win Ooh, write it down moose basically a bloodbath i get it though chad kelly was the x factor he blew up in the game probably even from what you saw the whole game was what you saw at the end zach doesn't do that zach's never really ever done that he's isn't that and still like his i don't know how many statues might get erected after this run here um and years ago zach kalaros was the best comeback story of any sports league that I can yes. think of or athlete, like it's amazing. Yep. And it just continues to add into this impossible, awesome comeback of epic proportions, man. See, you and I are soothsayers. We're visionaries. We see it. I feel like not everybody sees it. And I think that's not their fault, Troy. They're not as gifted as us. But you can see, you could see this with Zach. You don't like just what you're saying. But when you're in it, I don't think everybody sees that. The the miraculous story that he is. I don't think he sees it either. Everybody wrote him off. And the Bombers, like, they signed him and everyone was kind of like, well, that's good. And then pins and needles, right? The second he's under center coming back from however many concussions uh, that he suffered there. And I, I remember to this day sitting in the... TSN studio watching the game with Darren Baum and Chris Walby. We're watching the first game that Kalaros is there and he gets smoked on a oh, little yeah. bit of a scamper up the middle. They were playing Calgary. He got smoked and it, everything just stopped dead silence in the studio. And then he bounced up and he was okay. And it was like, Holy cow. So he is back and what he's turned it into along with all of this. It's really neat, Rod, Cause you have so many single strong pillars that are the foundation of what the Bombers have enjoyed this level of success for this period of time. There's so many strong pillars, man, and he's one of them for sure. And it's just such a joy to be around. And I want to clarify, I didn't see this coming. I was one of the ones that wrote him off. I'm just saying, standing back now, looking back at the last three, four years going, whoa, which is kind of what you were saying, right? Um, I haven't looked into the forecast. Viewer Jeff says the weather in Hamilton will be helpful for both offenses. Uh, have you looked at the forecast? Will that be a factor? I'm sure it will be a factor. It's an outdoor game. Well, when we talk about factors, let's just quickly bring up Fajardo's mustache because Rod, I think that should, you should lose seven points to start the game because of how greasy that stash is, man. Very dirty. Some sort of penalty. I don't know what, but something should be incorporated. Hey man, I think the Bombers have a, a considerable edge offensively whether it's the weather's fantastic and if it's ugly and cold and crappy out, did you see what was going on there with Olivia uh, Oliveira? Like it was unbelievable. Yeah. And they seemed to pull the emergency brake on that. Bomber fans were wondering like, why have they, you know, stopped or or you know pumped the brakes on this run game? The guy was an absolute monster in that first quarter and a half for sure. And if they need to rely, if the weather's brutal, they need to rely on the run game. That's just right up their alley. And certainly if uh, Kalaros needs to dish out a bunch of dimes with the Rock, that can happen as well. I think the Bombers outscored Montreal something like 64 to 20 or so in the two meetings this year. The bar, I, I just think they're going to be so fantastically tuned. The Owls are a great story, but I don't think points will be a problem for the boys. I know the defense of the Owls is pretty strong, but 
the what the Bombers are have from uh, the balance of the run game, the passing game, and the success that they've enjoyed this year, uh, for the most part, I think it sets up well. 14 Celsius in Hamilton as we speak. Wow. On Sunday, plus seven and clear. Beautiful. So you're not going to get much better than that. Yeah. So, hey, lastly, we got a few minutes here. I don't know if I ever told you uh, when you were doing mornings on TSN radio in Winnipeg, I would tune in and listen. And that's just for the entertainment factor because <laughs> I didn't really care about the Jets or the Bombers. I just enjoyed you on the air. And you told me once that you're hockey first. That was your jam. Can you, you didn't have a Jets team then this good, I don't think, did you? As this team wow. right now? You don't think so? In well, this year, is a good team. This is a good team. The year they lost to uh, Vegas in the playoffs. Yeah, in the West Conference final. I yeah, get it. I boy, get it. They, they were pretty geeked up there, man. But yeah, they're looking good. And I think it's cost, caught most everyone by a little bit of, in a positive way, a surprise. And they're seemingly balanced. And whatever was going on, man, Rod, if I could have like a, one of three sports wishes, I think one of them would be to sit down with a few wobbly pops with Paul Maurice and say, please tell me what was going on in the locker oh, room. Oh, my God. Right? Like, he's such a stand-up dude. He's as top shelf as you get whatever was going on there with the dynamic of, like, Bufflin leaving and the Wheeler-Shifley thing. Whatever was going on, man. We, we the, the Jets fans, it'd be great to hear what happened there. But it looks like they've got that straightened out. A little concerned, um, you know, we're seeing some of the uh, attendance and some of the uh, apathy of the Jets fans in general. That's still a concern, but the team does look to be very balanced and tuned in. So cross cross our fingers. Hopefully this continue on playing at the level they're at. Uh, it's interesting um, you say that. Uh, John in Winnipeg writes and he says, I miss Troy on TSN Winnipeg, Mr. Entertainment. Oh, is that your other name? I didn't know that. Put that on your Twitter handle, Troy. You are uh, entertaining. <laughs> I might. But here's the thing with Maurice. I'm around the Panthers people, but I haven't had got near Pomo. But what the Panthers people tell me is he not even telling them what went on in Winnipeg. All he will say, and this wouldn't surprise you, is how much he loves it here. Loves the climate, loves the people, loves the team, but he hasn't talked about it. So I don't know yeah. who he tells. I don't know who he tells. I don't think he'll tell anybody. He's that kind of guy. That I can think he... He's got a, a really dig Paul Maurice. He's got that. He's from the era, I think, where old school combined with new school sort of approach. And I think, you know, growing up out in the country a little bit, and when there was something that was supposed to be kept under your hat, you'd say, this is between you, me, and the fence post. And I think yeah. with Paul Maurice, it's just between him and that fence post pretty much as to what uh, happened here. But boy, it would be just an epic story to find out because whatever it was, was rotten. Right. Like it was obviously rotten, eating at the souls of individuals and good, good people, man. So it just would love to know, but probably will never. But, but again, he's gone on to suggest a uh, success. The Jets have gone on to there. Everything happens for a reason and everything does come to an end. As you know, you know, um, everything has a shelf life. Well, man, yeah. enjoy the game. Always good seeing you. I hope we can do it over the winter and maybe we'll talk some Jets. You betcha, brother. Great seeing you. Great seeing Darren. Wish you guys all the very best. Thanks, pal. The great Troy Westwood. Real good guy. And yes, he talks about how there's people that don't even remember a drought for the Bombers. There are people, and he knows this, that don't know how the Banjo Bowl name came up. They don't know. They don't know. We need to remind them every year. It was that guy. He had a ponytail at the time. That's how long ago it was. (laughs) 
We'll be back in a minute. We're live on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Oh, we're back. We're live. Hi. Welcome to Overtime, everybody. Brought to you by Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgary, where skill and fun collide. It's an amusement park for hockey uh, enthusiasts, but don't take my word for it, nor Randy, the owner. We came up together with those slogans. Go check it out for yourself. 28th Street Northeast in Calgary, just a slab shot away from the old Crossroads Flea Market. And uh, tell us how it was afterwards, please. Me specifically, I'm not hard to find on social media. Um, I'm going to jump into a sports update in a moment. This last segment, as you all know, goes very fast. Moose, just nod. The viewers can't see you, but I can. Did you write down the meme from Westwood that this is going to be a bloodbath? Something along that? They can hear me. I, yeah. I, I wrote a little time to go back, so I got to go back. Okay, and watch it. Westwood said it. Westwood said it. Oh, man, this is so much fun. lot of talk coming out of Winnipeg. We get to these great cups. Weeks and I'm the John Lynch comes out of me, the John Frenzy. <laughs> a lot of talk in Winnipeg about a bomber route. Montreal's just happy to be there. Oh boy. And it's only Wednesday. We got a lot of hype to get through. A lot of people haven't even shown up yet at Grey Cup. And uh, these shows have just been so much fun to do. Thank you for, uh, and our ratings have never been higher all year than they are for Grey Cup week. So it tells you how big of a deal it is. We take it very seriously. Metal Shingle Guy writes in on the Sober Carpenter text line, 902-518-3033. And he says, uh, hard to watch two ex-Rough Riders starters going at it, but anybody but Winnipeg. Cody needs to just manage the game and no turnovers. And regarding that SAS coaching search, he says, well, I would think that the Riders have to wait until after Grey Cup to announce the head coach. And if it's not Scott Milanovic, who are they waiting to interview? Buck Pierce or Anthony Calvillo, maybe? Henry Burris and John Ryan going public means there's probably no chance. Yeah, but I guess it's entertaining, right? Wilf and Steinbach, Manitoba says, I don't think, uh, he says, hi, Rod and Moose, I don't think the Montreal Alouettes have a Second miracle where they get nine turnovers. Yeah, but no two games are alike. They're like snowflakes or bull rides. They're all unique. No two are alike. So they're not even thinking or wanting the exact same blueprint. They'll do it on their own. It's a fun poll question. I'll say it again for Key Auto Group today. Who will have more passing yards for Jardo or Zach Caleros? And that's why I've never gotten into fantasy. That's the wonderful thing about it. Because I remember talking with Ken Austin, not at the 2007 Great Cup, but before our week one game in Montreal. And I said, Kent, because I knew that day we were going to run the ball heavily. We had Andre Childs as our back, if I recall. Maybe Cates was healthy. And Childs, he scored a touchdown in the game. That's what it was. And I said, Kent, everybody's expecting you to throw the ball 90% of the time. And he goes, I'll do whatever it takes to get the win. And I think that game, we had a 60-40 split run pass and won 13-9. Who cares about the stats? Fantasy players, that's who. And betting companies. Uh, sports update. Canada's top men's curling teams are thick into the season and their eyes are firmly focused on a trip to Regina in late February for the 2024 Montana's Briar. 
presented by AGI. And clearly the eyes of Saskatchewan curling fans are on the same thing as they've been buying tickets for the Canadian Men's Curling Championship at a rapid pace. Expect that pace to pick up even more Thursday at 10 a.m. Central when single-draw playoff tickets for the world's biggest and most famous national curling championship go on sale. Single-draw tickets range in price from $24 to $70, depending on the draw and seat selection. Youth tickets are just $9.99 for all draws. Curling Canada is, ex- is committed to providing attainable and affordable options so the entire family can enjoy this world-class event. Get your tickets at curlingcanada.ca. The Edmonton Oilers will try for their third straight win and their second under new coach Chris Knobloch when they host the Seattle Kraken in midweek NHL play tonight. Also tonight, the Vancouver Canucks. Ho, ho, ho. Entertain the New York Islanders and Bo Horvat's return. And the Toronto Raptors host the Milwaukee Bucks in an NBA Eastern Conference matchup at Scotiabank Arena. It's the second time the teams have faced each other this season. Sports update brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. In theaters November 17th, the ballot, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes starring Rachel Zegler and Tom Blythe, and also Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. It's a DuPont Media production, uh, not our usual crew, so he's counting me out. Do I have comments to read? Not many. Not many. They're all commenting amongst themselves, which is fine, too, but I can't... uh, Read them on the air here. We're out of time. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, same place, same TV and radio station. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.